And so today, as you can see, uh, we're going to look at this experience um, called um, loneliness. And as we do that, I need to be clear that as we, we look at loneliness, that we're not looking at solitude. That's different, right? Uh, solitude is okay. I mean, that's going off and, and, and being alone for a while to be with the Lord maybe or being in uh, reflection and contemplation. We're not talking about solitude here. What we're talking about is uh, loneliness. It is that uh, deep kind of yearning for being in relationship. It's that experience of just that um, emptiness when that relationship doesn't exist. We're talking about loneliness, something that comes and goes, something that flows into our lives at different times and then sometimes just simply flows out of our lives. We're talking about that yearning for fellowship. It shouldn't surprise us that we get uh, lonely. And uh, I suspect that most of us in the room, if not all of us in the room, have had some kind of experience in our life where we've, we've felt uh, all alone. And loneliness is one of those things that uh, you can experience when you're alone, or loneliness is one of those things you can experience when you're in a crowded room, right? Um, loneliness. And you can even experience it when you're in a committed marriage. You can feel awful alone. Uh, why? Well, we shouldn't be surprised that we get lonely because if we look at the Scripture, and you heard the first lesson this morning, um, it's obvious to us that we were created to be in relationship. Right? That part of our created being, part of our, our uh, order, is to uh, have this yearning for relationship. Um, for those who have been parents, you know, and that baby comes out of the box, and uh, what happens? There's times when the baby cries, and what is your instant response when the baby cries? Oh, you want to run over, and you want to pick up the baby and hold the baby, and of course, most often, when you hold a baby, if it's not arsenic hour, at least that's what it was at our house, when you can't do anything to pacify him, right? But most often, when you pick up the baby and you hold the baby, what happens? The baby stops crying. Why is that? Well, I mean, it's part of our created nature, right? We are created to be uh, in fellowship. We are created to be uh, in relationship with, with one another. If uh, we look at uh, Genesis 1 that you heard... Um, and, and look at the plurals in, in uh, this passage here. This is what's so interesting about this passage. It says, God said, so who's talking? God, okay. So God is talking. God said, now we will make humans and they will be like us. We will let them rule the fish, the birds, and all the other living creatures. So God created humans to be like himself. He made men and women. Now, do you notice what's going on in that passage? Do you notice the plural? And yet the plural is referring to whom? God, right? So what's going on? Well, it shows us the Trinitarian nature, the threeness of God, that when, when the creative, creative activity was taking place, that the Father was involved in it, the Son was involved in it, 
the pre-existing Christ, the Father was involved in it, the Son was involved in it, the Holy Spirit was involved in it, that God in and of himself, in, in God's oneness, is a God in relationship. And so when God said, well, now I'm going to create, I'm going to create like myself in my image, it means inherent to who we are is this yearning to be like God, that is to be in relationship. And most of all, of course, we know God created us to be not only in relationship with one another, but most importantly, to be in relationship with Himself. It's, it's part of our created nature. We, we've just been created that way, that we have this, this part of us that has this yearning for relationship. And uh, we can see it depicted in all kinds of ways. Uh, for instance, anybody know who that is? Wilson! Right? Well, it comes to the movie Castaway, and of course, the guy's all alone on a desert island. I mean, I, Tom Hanks does an awesome job in that movie, but he's all alone on a desert island, and lo and behold, he has to fill his loneliness with Wilson, right? Well, why does that happen? Well, it's, it's the way in that particular movie that we can see this expression of our need to be in relationship. It's just part of the way God created us because we're like Him and, and God yearns to be in relationship with us. And, and so we equally yearn to be in relationship with other people. It's just the way we're made. If we understand that, then that leads us to accept our loneliness when it comes. To just accept our loneliness when it comes. This is a huge gift for those of you who have these, these periods that come fairly often where you experience this loneliness. If you understand this is the way you're created, then you can accept that loneliness is going to flow into your life. And that becomes a gift. Because so often when, when loneliness hits us and, and begins to take hold in our life, what do we start to do? Well, we start to beat ourselves up and say, you know, I just I shouldn't be feeling this way. You know, I just shouldn't be feeling this way. I should be more joyful and more happy. Look at those people. They're always happy and joyful. And why, am I all, why can't I be always happy and joyful? Why do I feel this loneliness? Right? We begin beating ourselves up for this and, and pouring more and more pressure on ourselves about the loneliness and, until we push ourselves into a depression experience because of our loneliness. You, you don't need to do that. Why? You can just accept loneliness. Accept loneliness. It's part of who you were created to be as a person to be in relationship. And when that's not happening for you in the ways you would yearn for, expect, well, you're going to feel that. It's okay. It's all right. So if we can accept our loneliness, then, then we can stop beating ourselves up for that loneliness. And you can accept your loneliness because if you, if you go into the Scripture and you understand, look, this is the way you're created, you can also see in the Bible other examples of people of incredible people who experience loneliness. You can go to uh, David, writing in the Psalms, great King David, pretty awesome guy, right? Guy that we look at and say, hey, God loved him. Why? Because he had a heart for the Lord, right? He was just sold, sold out on God, made his mistakes, had his periods of loneliness. He says in the Psalms, I am lonely and troubled. Show me that you care and have pity on me. The great King David went through the experience of expressions of loneliness. 
or we can go to the Apostle Paul, and we're going to spend a lot of time here today in 2 Timothy 4 with the Apostle Paul. And uh, Paul, wouldn't you agree, pretty awesome guy? Wrote most of the New Testament, founded all kinds of churches, was just an impactful guy in the world. Wherever he went, he was stirring things up. And yet we have the experience in 2 Timothy 4 where Paul expresses his yearning for relationship, and we can see his loneliness. He writes to Timothy saying, Come to see me as soon as you can. Later on in the same chapter, do your best to come before winter. Can you can you kind of hear underneath those words the, the, the loneliness? Paul is in prison, and uh, he sees the end of his life coming, and, and he, he reaches out to Timothy, and, and he just yearns to have this experience again of being in relationship with Timothy. The reality is that uh, loneliness uh, comes into our life, and uh, we should be able to receive it and, and understand it, um, and understand that we're not alone in it, that there's others around us as well as other significant people um, who have these periods of loneliness. So don't beat yourself up about it, but just receive it and understand it. The question for us is, if this is part of life, if loneliness happens, how do we understand it then in terms of, well, what triggers it? What happens? How does this come into our life? What are the same way we can understand how it gets into our life? And then how do we deal with it, right? So if we start looking at, uh, at Paul's experience of how this happened, uh, how does loneliness happen? Well, loneliness often happens for us when there's some kind of change going on in our life. Um, do you remember your first day of school when you walked into school? Did you feel kind of lonely? You know, a big change in your life, right? Um, did you remember the first day that you walked into your new job? Uncomfortable and feeling kind of lonely, right? Or significant changes, really hard changes. The loneliness we experience when we lose someone important to us in our life. A significant life change. Often loneliness just happens because life changes. And, and in those changes, we go through that experience and we see the, the power of the change. That's what's happening to Paul. Paul is in Rome, uh, and you can see what he writes. He's in prison, uh, and he looks at his life and he says, now the time has come for me to die. My life is like a drink offering being poured out on the altar. Do you sense Paul sees the seriousness of the change going on in his life? I mean, this is big stuff. And so in the midst of this huge change that he sees happening in his life now as he's imprisoned in Rome, he experiences this loneliness. And, and for Paul, in this experience, this loneliness has been, has been building in his life. At the same time, uh, he's been hurt by other people. And often, loneliness happens to us because of what other people do. And, and we get hurt by other people. Paul says, Alexander the metal worker has hurt me in many ways. We, we don't know what Alexander did. We have no clue about what his action was. All we know is that loneliness hit Paul because of not just this change in his life, but because of what Alexander did. 
that Alexander did something, whatever it was, that became an opposition to Paul, uh, and it hurt him. And one of the risks for us is when other people hurt us like this, we often withdraw. You ever notice that? When, when hurt comes into our life, we often kind of step back from life and we withdraw. And ironically, we withdraw from other relationships that could help us. You have to understand how this works for us, right? Well, we get lonely. Why do we get lonely? We get lonely because life changes. We get lonely because other people hurt us. Uh, we get lonely just because other, people's, other people uh, reject us. They, they push us away. So Paul says, Demas loves the things of this world so much that he did what? He left me. He wanted something else more than he wanted to be in relationship with me. He loved the things of the world so much more than he cared about me, and so he left me. Paul is experiencing loneliness just because he's, he's being rejected by some others. He's being hurt by others. He's being rejected by others. And so he feels this deep sense of, of loneliness. Do you remember when you were in junior high and your best friend decided to join the in crowd and left you behind? Did you have a great sense of loneliness? Is that the way it works? Of course, yeah. See, other people do this stuff to us and we experience rejection. And it leaves us in that place of loneliness because that relationship uh, gets ripped from us. And for Paul, it wasn't just this one guy that was rejecting him. And when he went before Nero and he was on trial before Nero, he, he got no support. It says, when I was first put on trial, no one helped me. In fact, everyone did what? Wow. Huh? Wow. Wouldn't you feel lonely from that? Of course you would, right? That, I mean, loneliness creeps on us because sometimes we just experience hurtful rejection from other people. And so Paul is experiencing this hurtful rejection from other people, and he's overwhelmed with this sense of being alone. The question is, what do you do? What do you do with the loneliness if we accept we're made for relationship? And, and we accept that loneliness is going to come into our lives because of life change, because other people hurt us, because other people desert us or reject us, because just the circumstances of life themselves. Then the question is, how do we respond to this? Unfortunately, as we look at the world, there's a, a multiple of unhealthy ways in which people respond to loneliness. And you, you see this even as you look at the words right now. You can imagine people right now who are captured in dealing with their loneliness in this way, can't you? I mean, they turn to other things beyond themselves for a different kind of relationship. So they get into relationship with their work, and all they do is work all the time, as if somehow that's going to solve the situation. And they just become workaholics, or they get into materialism, right? I'm, I'm feeling lonely. So what's the answer? Let's go shopping. Often do we experience and see that in other people's lives, right? Or we get into drugs and alcohol, or, or worse yet, we have emotional or actual phys physical affairs outside of other relationships, or we just get captured in the loneliness and we allow it to go into self-pity, and that allows us to just go deeper and deeper 
and fall into significant depressions. See, these are all unhealthy ways, but they're the ways we can look around and see that people respond to loneliness. The issue for us as Christ followers is, but, but we're not like the world. That, that's not who we are. And so who do we, as Christ followers, how do we respond when we know this loneliness will come into our lives because of all those, all those reasons? How do we stay out of these unbiblical approaches and instead have a biblical response to the sense of loneliness that can come into our lives? If we look again at the Apostle Paul, I think he gives us some really good keys, some really good steps of dealing with that. First of all, Paul takes the step in his loneliness to reach for real friends. He reaches for real friends. When he writes this letter in Timothy, and, and he says, you know, come to me before winter, come to me as soon as you can, he's asking for Timothy and Mark to come to him. For Timothy and Mark. Now, Paul is already surrounded by a lot of people. He says, and you think I'm going to name these guys, forget it, but one, two, three, four of these guys are still with him, right? And, and they send you greetings. How can you know? Well, they're still there. So he's surrounded by people, but who are these people? Well, they're not significant friends. I mean, they're brothers in Christ, but, but they're not people that he has developed a, a significant relationship with, a, a significant relationship of dependence with each other, right? A healthy dependence with each other. And so he's got other followers around him, but in the midst of his loneliness, he wants to reach out for these significant people in his life. He wants to reach out for Timothy, who is his protege, who he's been just bringing up in the Lord, who he's been teaching about how to do ministry, who, he's, who he probably ordained and, and is just bringing along and, and trying to help this young man for the incredible purpose of what God has in his life. He wants Timothy there, and, and he wants Mark there. And, and interestingly, you know, Mark has been one of the guys who's been on a missionary journey with him before. And, and Mark and Paul had a tiff with one another. And, and for a while, Paul didn't want anything to do with Mark, right? But then Mark got back in the picture, and Paul and he got back into relationship. And now when Paul is lonely, who is he calling for? These have to be perfect friends. They have to be meaningful friends. One of the steps we take when we, we feel that experience of loneliness is being willing to reach out to those significant people in our lives. So often what happens, we expect in our loneliness for those significant friends to be clairvoyant and to somehow reach to us. Paul isn't waiting around. Paul isn't waiting for, for Timothy to say, gee, I wonder how Paul's doing if he's lonely today. Or Mark, he is reaching out to those significant friends in his lives. It's also a good reminder for us that we need to uh, develop friends. And Paul has one friend who's there with him. He says, only Luke has stayed with me. He has one friend, Luke, the physician, probably the guy that, that, that uh, dictated most of Paul's writings, right? Uh, Luke is there with him, but, but Paul is yearning for greater relationship. And so he reaches out for these real friends that he's developed uh, in his life. Timothy uh, and Mark. For us, it is that reminder for us to be serious in our life about developing meaningful friendships. 
that we put the time, the energy, we invest in other people and we develop these meaningful relationships. Proverbs 12 says, The righteous choose their friends carefully, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. What do the righteous do? Choose their friends carefully. Isn't that a good word of wisdom from Proverbs? We need to make sure that we're careful and we invest ourselves and we develop uh, these friendships with other people. And in our loneliness, that we go ahead and step out and reach for those people uh, that are in our lives. Paul reaches out. Second thing Paul does. Paul releases the burden. Now, you remember, what what were some of the things that brought him into loneliness? Well, he got hurt by this guy named Alexander. Remember that? And and he was deserted and rejected by others. And yet, look at what Paul says here. He says, Alexander, the metal worker, has hurt me in many ways. But notice what he does with all the feelings towards Alexander in his loneliness. But the Lord will pay him back for what he has done. What did he just do? He just let go of all that loneliness stuff. I mean, he let go of all the stuff that was dragging him into loneliness, the hurt that was dragging him into loneliness. He he was ready to release that burden and just let that go and say, look, the Lord is going to take care of that issue. You see, you can't deal with your loneliness in a healthy way if you hang on to the hurts that first brought you into loneliness. Does that make sense? If you're hanging on to the hurt and the resentment and the anger and the frustration and all those feelings that brought you into the sense of loneliness, if you're hanging on to those things, you you can't reach beyond to a healthier place in your life. Paul releases the burden of Alexander. I mean, he's hurt by burden by Alexander. It's brought him into the sense of loneliness because of what Alexander did, but he's not going to stay in his loneliness because he's reaching out for significant friends, and he's letting go of the burden over Alexander. He's going to say, the Lord's just going to have to take care of that. And he's ready to let go of that burden that first brought him into loneliness. And then he takes an amazing step to go beyond his loneliness. He reclaims God's provision in his life. Now look carefully here at what Paul says uh, in, in uh, 2 Timothy here. When I was first put on trial, no one helped me. Okay, we got that. In fact, everyone deserted me. Okay, we understand. That's what helped bring you into this deep sense of loneliness. Now look what he says. I hope it won't be held against them. What did he just do? Just what he did with Alexander, didn't he? He just released the burden on those folks. He's not going to hold out of that one either. He just released the burden on those folks. Now look what he does. He releases the burden... Then he remembers, but the Lord stood beside me. He remembers. He reclaims God's provision and says, look, everybody else deserted me, and that may have brought me into this deep sense of loneliness, but I remember. I'm going to reclaim God's provision. I remember that even when I was standing there on trial and everybody else deserted me, who was with me? The Lord. The Lord stood beside me. He gave me the strength to tell his full message so that all the Gentiles would hear it. And I was kept safe from the hungry lions. So he looks back at the experience that first brought him into loneliness and he says, but wait a minute. 
wait a minute, I'm going to reclaim God's provision here. God was with me in this. God sustained me in this. You see what he's doing? Now notice the next words in verse 18. Verse 17, he says, the Lord stood. He's looking back, right? Look at verse 18. The Lord will. Do you see that? Verse 17 is about what the Lord has already done. He says now in verse 18, the Lord will always keep me from being harmed by evil, and He will bring me safely into His heavenly kingdom. Praise Him forever and ever. Amen. What is He doing? He is reclaiming God's provision in His life, both in what God has done in His life and what God is going to do in His life, even in His loneliness. Isn't that awesome? Even in His loneliness. You see, this is how we deal with loneliness. We let go of the burden and we reclaim God's provision and say, listen, it's okay for me to feel lonely for a while, but I'm going to reclaim God's provision. I'm not going to stay in this place. I'm going to let go of the burden that brought me here and I'm going to trust the Lord in my future because I know He's got something more in store and I'm going to start looking forward to what God has yet to accomplish in my life. And then Paul ultimately relies on the word of the Lord. He ultimately relies on the word. As he makes this request for these friends of his to come, Timothy and Mark to come, he also says, when you come, bring a coat. Good good little thing to remember, right? Don't, don't forget my coat. It's my favorite coat. I like it. When you come, bring my coat. I left it at Troas. Couldn't believe it. Left it right there in the, in the hall closet. Left it at Troas with Carpus. Now look what he says. Don't forget to bring the scrolls, especially the ones made of leather. Now, remember, they didn't have these nice bound Bibles like we have, right? So he says, listen, don't forget to bring the scrolls. Remember, bring the scrolls. What he's want to make sure comes into his life. Isn't that awesome? Listen, bring what I've written before. Bring, bring some of the Old Testament stuff that I've got. I need you. I need you to bring the word into my life. I'm feeling lonely. I need you, and I need that relationship with the power of the word of God in my life. Isn't that incredible? See, we're going to have periods of loneliness, but we can deal with loneliness when we let go of the burden, when we reclaim God's provision in our life, and and when we let God speak into the loneliness. And we just let the Word come into the experience and begin to fill the loneliness with that Word into our lives. Last thing, it's the way Paul uh, ends his letter. It says uh, in the end of his letter, And I pray that the Lord will bless your life and will be, kept ki- will be kind to you. And great, in the middle of his loneliness, as he ends the letter, who is he thinking about? the folks he's writing to, isn't he? He's thinking beyond himself. Right? He, he's captured in his loneliness for the time. But see, what, what happens so often, we get captured in loneliness. Who is it we only think about? Ourselves. Paul is not going to stay in his loneliness. He's, gonna, he's not going to be captured there. And instead, he ends the letter by saying, listen, I'm going to think about you. You want to get out of loneliness? You want to get beyond the loneliness? Walk outside your door. Go find a place where people are lonely. 
and encourage them and strengthen them in the Lord. Right? Go start serving in, in a nursing home facility somewhere. Go start being a volunteer in the hospital somewhere where people are hurting. Right? Go reach beyond yourself to other people in their situations of life. And you'll be amazed how that pulls you out of your loneliness. Overcome. How do we overcome loneliness? We overcome loneliness when we don't let loneliness overcome us. And instead, we release that burden. We claim God's provision. We let the Word fill the emptiness. And we get busy giving ourselves away into the lives of somebody else. That lifts up, lifts us up to overcome our own loneliness. Let's pray. Father, thanks for uh, giving us uh, the opportunity to uh, rise above the struggles that we face in life and, uh, and uh, this one as well, the loneliness that uh, it's going to come in our lives because we live in a broken world and we're made for relationship and it just doesn't always unfold the way we want or expect. And we get hurt and we get rejected. Lord, we just ask you in those times of loneliness, Help us to take those healthy steps like Paul and to just be able to move forward knowing that you have been with us all the time and you'll be with us until that day you bring us to be with you forever. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. In response to this word from God, I invite you to stand and sing with us.